You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome, everyone. I am Johnny Christ, and this is the Drinks with Johnny podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week. Make sure you subscribe. Give us a rating and review. All those fun, wonderful things that every other podcaster asks you to do. I'm going to ask you to do the same. Follow us everywhere on uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever, all those places. Share us. Uh, sharing is caring, everybody. So when you share, we'll probably reshare for you. Um, on this week's episode, I am joined by the relentless AEW TNT champion, my very good friend, Darby Allen. Now, Darby was on this show before last year, and he came on with his wife, Priscilla, and uh, this time he came on by himself. Well, not really by himself, because a bunch of <laughs> shenanigans went down with his brother and a few of his friends that came over to the house. That's right. We finally had an in-person show so uh as you're listening to this right now continue to listen it's it's a wonderful show i got into a lot of great things with darby his his interactions with sting the icon and so so much more and at the end we ended up playing a trivia game which you won't hear here because you know that's just what you want to listen to a trivia game and then not see the penalties go head over to the drinks with johnny youtube channel subscribe there and find in the hangover playlist you will find the trivia game and penalties that ensue after. And I'm just going to tell you, it gets pretty brutal. As you guys probably know, Darby is just all over the place. He's a rad dude, become such a good friend of mine. I couldn't be more happy that he is my first in-person interview and chat in so long. Uh, We had an absolute blast, as I said. So without further ado, I'm going to bring you the relentless... TNT champion, longest running, Darby Allen. What's up, everybody? I am Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am joined for the first time in a fucking year by anyone in person, and of course, it's my old friend, Darby Allen. How you been, man? What up, man? I've been lovely. A lot of shit has happened this year. Dude, it's been a long year. A lot of shit. A lot of shit has happened. Let's fucking get into some of that, though, man. First of all, congratulations, the longest running TNT AEW champion in history. How's that feel, man? Feels wild, man, because uh, this time last year, you know, like, I was still kind of scratching the surface of, you know, where I stand in AEW. Fast forward now, main eventing shows, team with Sting, fucking trip. Yeah, man, well, you just mentioned one of the things I wanted to get into is teaming up with Sting, like, when you guys heard that he was going to be uh, signing that contract with AEW, what was it like in the locker room? What was the buzz like when you guys 
Did you hear it before? Or did you guys hear it all See, at the same time? Nobody knew except me and a handful of guys. Well. Nobody knew. It was sick to hold on to that little secret. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, like, because I, I saw Sting for the first time that day leading up to the thing, just to uh, introduce myself, We'd be working with each other. And first thing he said is, like, I love your work. Every, I wouldn't change a thing. And I just kept talking about my promos and everything. And you know, he loves the fact that I run my friends over with cars. He, <laughs> he loves it all. So it's good uh, to have that, you know, he's, he's hyped on me and that wouldn't change Yeah, I mean, thing, he's, so. he's the fucking icon Sting, as Tony Schiavone says every, yeah. every time. You know, the icon Sting. He's a beautiful man. Yeah, yeah. How was, how, um, did you grow up watching any of Sting stuff when you were a kid? See, I, I, like, I remember in passing, but there in my brain that shit was so like it's like a fog you know mm -hmm. what i mean like it's just like i can't directly remember that because i must have been around six when he was like top man at you know WCW. WCW. so but you just definitely remember you know in passing so you remember the effects and then as you got older and you know, i started training and shit you would see the impact he's had on everything and then you're like damn what a trip this has been because you'd see his earlier stuff when he was teaming with ultimate warrior and then you like you you almost forget that. Yeah. And then fast forward to where he is now, and this is like essentially the tail end of his career, and I'm a big part of playing a story. You can, you, you know, what I mean, it means the world. Yeah, I think so. for a lot a lot of uh, us fans of the '90s, like there was a lot of kinship in the way you paint your face. Like I've seen you come in to the ring from like in a similar fashion. You know, he would come in off the top of his bat, and you'd fly in with your with your skateboard a couple you know a couple months ago. So I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, mutual respect there, no? Yeah, no. Um, the thing is, like he said it best, leading up to it, he would always say, like, it's not just the face paint that makes us similar. It's the attitude. It's the walk. It's the aura. It's everything. And uh, really, it's the truth. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, they they're just they just these fuckers are put together because they have face paint it goes deeper than that if you really watch it and you really watch how we carry yourselves and then you watch the cinematic match you know you couldn't have put a better person in there with sting than me if you need a tag team in yeah, AEW. i couldn't agree more like that I, I mean this is pretty fresh where you know by the time this releases it'll been it'll be in a couple of months but let's get into uh the last pay-per-view revolution man you, like you touch about it, the cinematic uh, style match. Um, we've seen a couple of those from the WWF uh, or WWE now. Sorry, um, I'm old school. I forget that they're WWE now. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's you go back to it, and they, they did their thing with uh, the uh, with the Undertaker last year with uh, WrestleMania, John Cena, everything like that. Um, and then you guys kind of went into this warehouse and just broke shit. Like it was fucking. It was it was very much the the Darby that I think everyone loves. I mean. From the the slingshot as a kid into the into the plain glass window, and then of course, probably this. I mean, you've had a few sick coffin drops that I've seen in your career, but that was probably the coolest coffin drop that I saw you do. What, what would you say about the whole match? No, the, specifically the coffin drop at, uh, at the end. That that how, how many feet was that? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> that was fucking high, dude. I was feeling it. I felt it, and we shot that specific scene at like three in the morning, so I was up all night. Thinking of the match, you know, and then all day I was just like getting hyped. So, you know, cinematic match, you get your adrenaline rushing, and then you come down, take a break, mm -hmm. reshoot, uh, adrenaline, take, come down, take a break. So, up there, it's like, all right, let's let's fucking jump off this, and you know, I'm so used to doing shit like that all the time. But, you know, 
at that rate, I knew mentally that was the last thing I had to do in the match. So if, if I wasn't going to be walking out, I didn't care at that rate. You know, I was ready to lay it all on the line. And I think that's, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, gravitate towards uh, people like yourself. And, and when, when you have a, a realness to it, like, there's a lot of wrestlers who have the personas and everything like that, but the ones that really work, the ones that tend, that tend to really captivate the audience, is when it's just you with the, with the knob turned up to 11, right? Well, that's the biggest thing to me in my mind is when I'm out there, I feel completely free. I want to act this way 24-7 as I am in the ring, but mm -hmm. I'd probably get a fucking jailer. <laughs> People think I'm like, just a total fucking whack job. But like the thing is, I feel free. And it's like the same reason when I'm in the backstage I don't change in the locker room I I literally I don't want to like say oh I changed in the boiler room but I literally change in the boiler room and I have it like a boiler room to myself and it's because I'm my mind is constantly racing and I like I, I feel much productive there I feel like I can create you know because I, I I'm not one to make small talk with people you know if you know I, I don't like gossip mm -hmm. I don't like bullshit yeah and this is essentially my way of living. And I don't want, you know, don't shit where you eat. So I feel so good just sitting in the, that boiler room and just like to myself and just coming up with art. And, you know, so if it looks like I'm a loner on TV, you talk about life imitating art. It's uh, very much that. Yeah. <laughs> further than the truth. So. Yeah, man. Well, it's, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. You kind of bring up the creativity and, I know from our earlier chats and stuff about your uh, your uh, your studies in in cinematography and going to school for that and and everything you did uh, that's kind of led up to not only your promos but let's get back to that cinema uh, that cinematic uh, match you guys had at Revolution. Why don't you walk me through a little bit of the behind the scenes of what it really took to um, you know really make that a match and make it look good? I was writing storyboards months before the pay per view. And I saw that I drove down to the location where we we're filming it, took all these photos, start plotting everything in my brain, sitting in that boiler room, just coming up with all this stuff, the shots, like a lot of things. And then we had an awesome crew in Steve Yu who helped direct it as well, you know, and he does work for DDP. And uh, so we had all these like, but when we were there at the building that day shooting it, I was running around doing everything possible like mm -hmm. all right I, I want you to shoot it like this i want you to shoot it like that hey people in the background like yada yada and then every time we'd get done with the cut i'd get thrown through a pane of glass and then right away they'd be like darby what's the next shot and i'm just like all right, all right. just like fucking yeah this one this is where stings someone's down the stairs you know just like how to set it up and everything and i was doing everything and i felt like i was on autopilot in my mind because i was so like hyped on the the shoot that you know it's like I had this adrenaline where I was like, dude, we could go all night. And I was mm -hmm. just like, I was like on fire with it, you know. And the only thing that stopped me <laughs> was when I had to throw the bat down <laughs> to Sting. Okay. Just because I was like, all right, I'm going to throw this down. And then Tony put it best. Hey, you know how the laws of physics work, right? <laughs> that bat is going to come down and we don't know if it's going to break Sting's face. And I was like, it's the first time the whole shoot I actually like, and I'm actually starting to think now. Uh, and I was like, "Damn, damn it. it, Tony! You took him out of the element." <laughs> if I threw, if I threw, if I threw this bat down at him, I was like, then I start thinking like, "Oh, what if I do break Sting's face? <laughs> he can't finish this match." But then I was like, "I was like, I was like, all right, man, we've got, we got this far. Let's go." And Sting, Sting, he, he's the one. Yeah. He's like, man, I'm catching that bat. 
Yeah. We're not doing anything different. You're throwing that bat to me. So here I'm up there. All right, action. Stinger. Throw up. And then it's like perfect catch, first try. Bop, bop, beat the fuck out of everybody. And I was like, oh man, I was on cloud nine. Dude, it, it was it, it was sick. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad to hear you talk about it with such passion. And, and I mean, that's got to be, I'm glad that you just went in the zone and you just went back to your creativity. And I mean, that's got to be kind of surreal when you're done with it and look back and be like, I was in a match with someone who's spanned decades of wrestling as, as, as the icon Sting. And he was just kind of following along. Like, if, if, if I'm taking in what you're saying correctly, you're kind of just running the show. And everybody was kind of like, following along and going like this guy's got it i mean this this is he's got the he's got the vision for this yeah that's that's um sting he pulled me aside week after the whole video and he's like man i just want to tell you how much it means to me since i've been back how you've made this whole process so easy and fun because i used used to go to sting's house in texas and he got a ring there and we were training and we would just sit and just talk storylines and it was just like it felt so good to just bounce each other's ideas off one another. And then, you know, like Tony and me, if you look back at it, we've been working on this Team Taz feud for over a year. So this is a culmination of all of our hard work and Tony's like, you know, like sticking to the game plan and like playing the story out and having a lot of trust. And it was really, it was really nice. Like to, cause that's all I, I, I told Tony a long time ago. I want to be a storyteller. I'm not one of these guys that come out here and have one-off matches with no backbone to it. Mm-hmm. Every match, to me, I want there to be a story to it because that's the beauty, you know, of movies, yeah. of, of everything. Like, you either go to the movies and you watch a movie like The Expendables, which is, like, a crazy, like, action movie where there's a bunch of chaos going on, but you don't leave the theater remembering that months later, like, in the heart. Yeah. And you'd watch a movie like, you know, I'm going to random example like Goodwill Hunting or something along those lines where it leaves you thinking about it for months and months and it like hits you here. And that's how I want my wrestling to be. I really want people like, that's why the beauty of selling and everything like that. Um, it's a kind of a lost art and it's, you know, but I'm trying to show that if you bring the art of selling back that it's, you know, it can create such a beautiful thing. So, um, you know, I'm just, everyone knows my passion and Sometimes I feel like that I gotta like just check myself, and not let the passion get the best of me. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I I do get like in my head about things, but it's good. You can't help it, man. I'd rather have people say you're too passionate than not passionate at all. So. No, no, and it shows. And I, I think I think passionate the passion that shows there is is what has made you from you know just a year ago when we were when we were talking. You were you know you had you had some bigger matches, but you were definitely like working your way up in the AEW uh, uh, totem pole, as they say. And then to now, you're like one of the biggest stars on the roster. I mean, that's got to feel great that all you've done is just continue to be yourself and that and that success has come with it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, staying true to myself and all my outside endeavors as well, shining through, you know, whether it's the skateboarding or like you said, the promise of the filmmaking and everything like that. It's good to stick to your and not change who the hell you are. Because I remember the first year I started wrestling, I quit skateboarding. I quit. I, I just... I just I quit being a, a fu- like essentially a fucking weirdo, mm-hmm. and I just thought I had to fit this mold of, you know how people perceive wrestlers, and then I just I felt so lost and empty that whole year. Mm-hmm. It was like I was so depressed. I didn't like I was learning cutting my teeth in wrestling, but there was something missing. And I stepped on the skateboard again. And I remember why like you know I'm where I am in life because of my skateboard. I'm where I am in life because of, of being a fucking weirdo and just having fun. 
And, I, and then I just made a promise to myself there, I would never change for anybody, no matter how big the company or how, you know, whatever it is. So I came to AEW, it's like, you're gonna take me 100% or don't take me at all. Mm -hmm. So, and then they gave me the ball. And that's the biggest thing that they did for me is give me the ball. Because I said in the, one of the first promos I had here is that you give me that fucking ball, I'll never give it back. And yeah. I firmly believe that. That's fantastic. And, and you found a great company in that and a great uh, CEO in, in Tony Khan. I've had, oh, yeah. I've had several conversations with the man and, you know, it's, he's, got a, he's got a different way of thinking um, uh, for wrestling, which I think is a breath of fresh air for a lot of us fans. And yeah. I, I love that going back to your storyline uh, process, I love that, that there's an arc to the stories again. That was, that was always the thing when I grew up re watching wrestling. There was, you know, a six month, eight month, whatever. The, there was, a, there was, a, there was a, something that had to come to a head. It wasn't, we're just going to throw you in a cage a week later. It was like, mm -hmm. you got to build up to that cage. Yep. The, the, there's no other reason for you guys to fight, but you have to be locked into that cage, and that's the only way. To, so I bring that up. Speaking of cages, you've been at this Brian Cage guy for a long time now. I mean, we're, we're, like you said, it started with, with the Taz thing, and then Brian Cage came in. Like, how, where do you think this, this storyline is going to go? Do you guys already have an idea? of where, where it's gonna to come to a head at some point. To be or, honest, man, it's came to the head. Yeah. Where do we go after that street fight? I don't know, man. Exactly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's nowhere to go. Yeah, we're done. That's a good point, yeah. We're, we're fucking done. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking jump off and put that guy through the fucking, in the pit. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> well, then, it, then you just had a, had a match with uh, Scorpio Sky, mm -hmm. and you know, who's been a babyface for so long, you know, as the terms go, and then he turns heel at the end there. Yep. Uh, literally turning your heel in, a, in, a, in, a, in an aspect. So, like, what, is, is this the new rivalry, or is, are you going after the SoCal guys, the uh, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, and the whole crew? So I don't think the whole crew is even a crew anymore. I think it's just Daniels and Kazarian. Yeah. This guy's just off his own he's world. He's off on his own world now. You know? uh, he's, it's like, you know, it's interesting to see how people play off because, um, you know, as for the storylines, like, it's wherever the wind takes me, you know. You give me anything, and I'll make gold out of it. Yeah. Guaranteed. Well, you did. Speaking of gold, we got we got the title right back there. Yeah. That? Yeah. Funny. That was that, how's that transition right there, everybody? <laughs> um, so let's get back into some of the cool things that have happened over the last year. I mean, we've already gotten into the the wrestling aspect and everything. AEW has made some major signings in addition to Sting. There's been uh, Christian Cage, uh, Paul White recently. Um, as a wrestling fan, I'm watching this, I'm going, oh, this is really reminiscent of when WCW started to uh, really rival the WWE, WWF at the time. Um, is there talk of that in your guys' locker room? Or are you just like, fuck it, we're just doing what we want to do? Fuck it, we're just doing what we want to do. I love that. I it's love a, that. Yeah, it's a whole different thing, man. Like, for me personally, it's not about competition because if you look at the big, the world, the whole entire fucking world of entertainment, the wrestling bubbles so small mm -hmm. you really put into perspective and it's just like i don't in my mind i don't want to be like these little like over here fighting when there's like a whole bigger picture out mm -hmm. there so Great way to look at like, it. that's like my thing is like don't compete against each other compete against whatever else is on tv yeah whether it be teen mom or <laughs> uh, or what, what was the show? Was it TLC? That uh, what was that? Uh, Sex Enemies to the ER. Yeah, Sex Enemies to the ER. I think I got the show. If you guys that. don't remember that, go back to uh, last season's episode with Darby and Priscilla. We uh, got into that. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad that you point that out though, because that is that is something we talk about in the music industry too. I mean, there's so much entertainment out there. How do you fight for 
uh, you know, you're fighting for everybody's eyes, everybody's ears right now, and there's so and, much out there. And some people may think like their world is like the biggest thing. It's the only thing. Yeah, it, sometimes it is the only yeah. thing in them, and that's why I'm trying to like have this, just reach out and have crossovers. Mm-hmm. Whether it is with guys like Tony Hawk and Steve-O, yourself, musicians like my friend Nolan from Ghostmane, I've always been intrigued by the reaching out and doing all yeah. aspects of entertainment. I yeah. don't want to be the guy who goes as a, a, a professional wrestler when he's like 55 at a high school gym, not because he wants to, because he has to, because he doesn't know anything else. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I don't want to do that. I don't, it's, I, yeah, no, I'm, fuck Yeah, that. it's just not you. It's just, that's just not who you're going to be and, and the life you're going to live. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fucking really cool, man. Yeah. Speaking of some, other, some of that other shit that's been going good, um, dude, did you get to hang out with Shaq uh, a couple weeks ago? He took a hell of a bump from fucking yeah. Cody. That was, that was... And, uh, you know, he's a larger-than-life character. Shaq, I'm a huge Lakers fan. He brought Shaq. me three championships. Yeah. I fucking love you, Shaq. He, but, lives was right down, he lives right down the street from me. Yeah. In my town in Atlanta. He lives right down the street. I didn't Did know Did you that. invite him over for a couple of those he, fire, fire pits you're making over there about, of cars and shit? He, he loves Kentucky, actually. Of, everybody loves Kentucky. He saw, I, Shout I, out he to saw, Kentucky. He saw a video of Kentucky get hit by a car, and Kentucky walked up backstage. He, like, he told Kentucky, I love your work. Kentucky's <laughs> like, my work? Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of work that goes into standing there and getting fucking ran over. <laughs> but Kentucky has such a good spirit about it. He let, is let's, a good let's man. Get, let, let's, let's, talk, let's talk a little bit more about Kentucky. I mean, leading in after Dynamite, there's the, the Go Big show um, that Cody's uh, one of the judges on. Snoop Dogg, who's been on, the, on uh, Dynamite as well, um, had a spot. When is Kentucky going to go and compete on Go Big show? God, what the hell would he do? Get the fucking shit knocked out of him, dude. That, he would blow people's minds if he just like live, like just got thrown around or lit on fire or something. Like, but it would be bad though because he always ends up getting hurt though. So there's like no like it's not like a skill to it. It doesn't seem. It just seems like he just like actually gets hurt. What would you say? I mean, yeah, is that accurate? Yeah. No, yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> yeah, he does. We've been to the hospital so much since the last time I've been on the show. Yeah, I've so seen much. a lot of it. I follow you oh. on, on Instagram, of course. No, and he's, the, always, yeah. he's always falling off of something. <laughs> it's a labor of love. There is no money involved. Well, why don't you uh, choreograph something for him? You know, you, you mm-hmm. can do that for him. I'm working on it. Yeah, I'm, Put him on I'm, the big shit. I'm I would love that. to see him on that. Yeah. Say that. I, like I said, last year, when I said that movie I'm making, Yeah. COVID, you know, changed everything. Yeah. And now, like, I, I definitely want to follow through on it. And, you know, now that time's opening up, and especially after this whole cinematic match, I think it shows to myself that I'm ready yeah. for it. You know what I mean? So Kentucky can be in the movie where he goes on a cross-country road trip to kill his ex-wife. Yeah, well, I mean, originally, when we talked last, uh, last year about it, too, it was uh, uh, Priscilla was going to be in the movie, too, possibly. Yeah, and then there was a rumor be. going around a little while ago. You guys were, were, were on the outs. What can you tell me about this? Um, it is what it is. <laughs> Tight-lipped this one today. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all I right. I care very much for Priscilla. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah. And uh, Gigi Dolan is going to do great things. Yeah, Gigi Dolan, congrats. No, no, no matter where she goes, she's going to do wonderful things. Yeah. Shout out to our friend Gigi, uh, who's now on WWE NXT. Congratulations on that. Let's get into uh, a couple more serious things I do want to ask about. 
Um, John Huber um, passed away December 26th of 2020. You guys had the uh, tribute to him and his family, uh, uh, Dynamite. And uh, I, man, I was watching that and I never had the pleasure of meeting John uh, Brody Lee. Um, but even that, you know, having lost people, anyone who's lost someone can feel everybody's energy just watching that show. And I mean, the sudden death, the family is there. Can you walk me through a little bit of the emotion of that night? I know you guys had done some pre-recorded stuff, but on that night when you guys are going live, what is, what, what is the, what is, what's the emotional uh, gamut running? I, for me personally in the backstage, it felt like, all right, let's show the world what we can do to pay tribute. And every little thing in that night, whether it was from the start of the show with the 10 bell to the very end with the son, you know, Brody Lee Jr. Mm -hmm. in the ring and then all the packages. It was just like, it just, it, it felt special. It, it felt very like, you know, everybody was on the same page. And, you know, sometimes that's kind of tricky with wrestling because there's so much different minds, but everybody was on the same page that night. And it was a, it was a wonderful thing to be a part of. And, um, yeah, like Brody, like I never got to wrestle him, but I, I mean this. He's the number one guy in that company I wish I could have wrestled. From the first day he walked in there, I told everybody, like I was with Sammy Guevara, and I was like, he walked in. Brody walked in, and I told Sammy, like, I, that's the guy I want to wrestle. I cannot, like, you know. It would have been a hell of a match, man. Yeah, I think you guys would have done something incredible. And he, you know, he's such a, you know, he was such a good-hearted guy, and just to, you know, talk to him in the elevator here and there, and and just really pick his brain. And it was just, it was nice to have somebody, because there's like, you know when you like, you meet somebody and they seem like a real good human, mm. and it just like, kind of like warms your heart. Yeah. That's how it was with him. Like there wasn't any like, hidden agenda. There wasn't like no bullshit. He'd just tell you how he feels and he's just a good human. Yeah. So. Um, rest in peace. I, as I said, I didn't know the man, but I, I, from everything that I've heard about him and everything I know that he would, I would have, I would have loved to have met him and, had a had a good time with them, you know. So, um, I don't know how else to transition out of that. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> well, I'll heavy. tell you, transition right here. Um, my next championship match is going to be against John Silver um, because I wanted to pay tribute to the greatest TNT champion of all time. Mm -hmm. So I said, Dark Order, pick your man. So that's, that's going to be that's, it. That's, that's going to be it. And that's that's by the time this airs, that will already have happened. But mm -hmm. that, that's that's really cool, man. But yeah, like this is uh, this is like my way because I wasn't wrestling on the tribute show. This is my way of being like, hey, like I want to do something special because yeah. everybody was like John Silver, Darby Allen, TNT Championship, Brody Lee Tribute Show, like over and over. So now's the time, you know what I mean? Like, is it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a special one. So. Speaking of now's the time, you you did mention that you that you want to get back on uh, to making that movie. Um, mm -hmm. Now things are starting to open back up, man. Like every everybody, the vaccine is starting to get through to everybody. The, you know, it's been a year. Things are starting to open back up. Do you have a, a time frame where you think you might start filming that thing now? Yeah, it just all depends on my main cameraman Max Yoder, who films all my promos. You know, I really want to have a tight, small squad when I film this movie because I feel like in today's like day and age, like you can get a lot done with little amounts of people. So it's just like whenever like this opens up for him, as the, for the most part, you know. So 
I'm I'm ready, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't like I said I don't want this movie to have like a script word for word. I kind of want people to ad lib and do their own thing, you know, because all the characters in the movie that you know no, nobody in that fucking movie is a trained actor. Yeah, I just want them to be themselves. Tell them like kind of what the scene's about, and then they can just run their damn ass. You know, it's kind of cool though. I mean, th- that was always the the stories of the difference uh, of of a lot of wrestlers. Some wrestlers do a lot of really good job, a really good job of ad libbing their promos, while others need a, like a straight up script. I mean, I know that you um, you do a lot of your own promos and stuff, and they're they're very different than any other wrestling promos I've ever fucking seen growing up. I mean, yeah, I just don't like to talk that much. Yeah. Uh, I, my goal is like I I don't mind talking, but my goal is to let the imagery do the talking. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, like which is very different. I mean, it's it's a little little uh, reminiscence to like some Undertaker esque kind of things. He didn't do a lot of talking throughout his career, but then you go back to guys like like some of my favorites, like Ric Flair, and it was like all just his his mic work was just so yeah. above and beyond others. Is, is that some is that something a, a like right now, you you feel that you want the imagery to do to do the do the work. Do you ever do you ever find yourself looking at that part of the art and going like, maybe that's something I want to get into as well, and, and just and, and really just owning the mic. Yeah, when it's time for the character to evolve, definitely. But you know, I don't want to be having in all these different lanes. I kind of want to just focus yeah. on this, and then when the time's for this, you know what I mean. So you know, I just just so shows a lot more. Backbone to what yeah. I can do out there. A lot of maturity too, and just like yeah, it just gets everything out there. It's fucking, it's fucking awesome. Just the last couple of quick things. It's like we we talked a lot about wrestling at this point. Let's talk about some fucking music, man. Last time you were here, we didn't get into too much of the music. I mean, no. you had Darby Allen, Gigi Allen, the 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 melding of your name and everything like that. So I know you have a lot of punk rock roots. But what are some of your favorite uh, albums of all time, and what are you listening to these days? I guess. Man, I would say a lot of Crass. Crass, yeah. Yeah. I, I love everything. that The album Penis Envy. You know, it's like it's an album based off of women's rights and stuff like that. And it was just, it was so, I don't know. I remember listening to it for the first time forever ago. You know, at the time, you didn't really, like, put what the words, you know, like, meaning to them. You just love the aggression and Eve's voice, you know. So, but now, like, you, you know, put it in, you're like, damn, it, it is cool, you know, with everything in the world and just like stand up for yourself and changing, you know, what stereotypes are and shit. So I, I like Crass a lot, you know, and there's just, there's so much bands that I'm like currently into. Uh, just a lot of the anarcho-punk bands mm-hmm. from back in the day. But then, uh, then there's... Is there any, any new artists that you're listening to? I mean, I'm, I got a four-year-old son, man. I, I'm a few years older than you. My... My finger's getting further and further away from the pole, so I'm asking you, like, who, who do I need to listen to these days? <laughs> I don't know. My, my buddy's band, Ghost Main, like, they're, they're so, like, out there and different, and it's like, you can't really put a point on, like, are they rap? Are they rock? Like, it's like, it's like fucking blender of just wild shit, and that's the, that's the band that I, you know, did the body bag, right? My ass crawled in the body bag, zipped me up and threw me off the stage, and I crowd surfed there, and, yeah. you know, that crowd was livid. Like, they were ready that to rock. Huge, you know? That was a huge moment, man. Yeah, I really, I, I just, you know, man, there's just so much stuff, like, newer punk rock that I, you know, it's not newer, newer, but the shit that I really like is, like, leftover crack, and, you know, it's, uh, but, uh, I'm not familiar. Yeah. See, this is, this is why I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah, and no. I love the name. I mean, yeah, no, they're, 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 I don't remember going. ever leaving crack over. I mean, that's like, <laughs> usually you go through it, but you know. So that's the thing is like, you know, I'm, I'm you know, fucking straight edge. I'm sipping on 
fucking water right now. <laughs> but like, uh, don't fake the funk. They don't know what's in the cup. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So like the things like I'm strange, but like I, I, I'm, I'm fucking. I'm, I ain't gonna be like. Don't talk to me if you smoke cigarettes or if you yeah, smoke yeah. weed or you know. I mean, fucking come on, man. I like lunatics. Yeah. Well, that's just, yeah. They warm my heart in, in a second when we fucking play this trivia game. You're gonna meet all the fucking lunatics. Speaking of the trivia game, though, like we, you were just film student. You could see it in all film your film student dropout. Film student dropout. Is it? Was was that in? Can we put that in? Like, uh, what was that movie? Grease. Yeah, but film film school dropout. We'll do that. Maybe we get Ghost Main to uh, do a cover with me. We'll do a film there, school dropout. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna. No, but you, I mean, we didn't get a chance to really talk about this a year ago. I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about yeah, dropping, out of, dropping out of fucking film school. And it goes back to, you know, when I made that commit to, commitment to myself going into AEW, being myself. Mm-hmm. So I was going to film school, and then there was this project that they wanted me to, like, they're like, all right, you're going to have a project where you have a day to film on the school campus. So I had this, so I, the night before, I went to a sex shop, and I bought one of those inflatable boobs. Like, it's called Booby Dodgeball. Okay. It's just like a little gag thing. So I grabbed that, and then the thing is I tied a string to it so it looked invisible, so it looked like the boob was just like had a life of its own. So the storyline was this guy was a janitor at a hospital, and he kept every month he kept losing a job. So his roommate said, you, if you lose one more fucking job, you're out of here. <laughs> so he's like, all right. First day at the, at the hospital as a janitor, this uh, breast doctor creates a fucking titty <laughs> and then the thing but the thing is the rest doctor creates a titty that's, <laughs> then, a, that's then, a real quote people and then and then the but the thing is the titty gets a life of its own and starts like running around the, the thing so i was playing the i was playing the, the the guy who had to hold the job down so i walked into the bathroom we we smeared it all over the the walls and the school with what just, did what'd you smear it with with uh uh, pudding and corn, so it just looked like st- like straight up shit. <laughs> so so it was supposed to be like the booby like took shits all over the wall. The booby took shits. And then so I walk in there and I'm like the actor and I walk in there and I'm like oh man I, I ain't gonna fucking clean this I'm out of here. And then I like close the door and then I thought to myself well I can't afford to lose another job man because I'm gonna get kicked out. So I was like fuck this I'm cleaning that mess up. So I walk in there and all of a sudden it shows the booby in the toilet and it jumps out at me and like I remember like. With just someone threw a booby at, like the dodgeball thing on my face. I like, hit it and bounced out the urinal, and then my head fell in the toilet. And then like, but I remember the teacher walking in, and then she, and then there's this sh- fucking fake shit over the walls. There's a booby just bouncing. She, you can't do this. You can't do this. Like she, she wasn't even mad about the, the the fake shit. She was mad that I had a inflatable booby. Oh shit is okay. Yeah, and you, you, you have a fake tit. And, and, and yeah. then yeah, that's that's the thing. I, and then I remember society I, is fucking she, weird. Sometimes. She, she's she's <laughs> like, she, you can't be doing this. I'm like, no offense, like we're, we're you know over 18 for starters. This isn't fucking high school. And I left Seattle to go to Arizona or film school. So essentially, I move just for film school. And then this lady is telling me I can't do my art. Like you fuck with my art, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then my, yeah, it's a stupid thing to. How dare you not let me do booby? But, <laughs> but how dare you let me not let me do booby? <laughs> you should have finished that sentence, Dave. So you got you got you ask you ask yourself, is that is that the hill you want to die on? And I said, yeah, yeah because I just mentally did that not. That was your art, though. I, uh, yeah, and it, then, it could be the smallest thing, but I, when I started feeling like, Ugh. and then I remember like the next day, 
I, I just went skateboarding. It was about time to go to class, and I just didn't show up, and I never showed up again. I went back. And then I said, I'm moving back to Seattle. I'll start wrestling. What's really, what's really funny as I'm hearing that story to me is you were, you were willing to lay down on that art for it, but it's really funny. I couldn't help but think of, I mean, I don't know what year this was, but... 2013. So when did, does anyone know when the South Park episode where, the, where they had like the, the, the poop that peed? episode where the, the, they yeah, made that I, don't, I don't have a television at my house I really don't watch TV I don't know anything about South Park <laughs> like you know I'm sure it's like a funny there was like this whole thing where they're like that like a boob in a in a, in a in a dick like was was putting out shit and they're like they're writing books and they were it was a satire on it and it was it was really funny it just made me think of that and then we got this guy rolling into the shot and then uh, <laughs> please you. use that Brando um, <laughs> Who knows what the fuck's going on here anymore? <laughs> no, but I love that story, man, for so many, so many ways. There's just so much. The thing is, I, lo- I love doing interviews like this because I, there's so much interviews that I do where they just ask me the basic, like, where'd you train? How, you know, who's your idols? Uh, yada, yada, yada. I like talking about shit that happened in my life. Yeah. That, you know, I, I just like that story, for example, you know what I mean? And like, I'd like, I'd, you know, love to get into me, like, just being a terror at the 99 cent store. And then the... Why are you stopping there? Well, What do you mean a terror at the 99 cent store? <laughs> well, the, 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 the manager was always so ashamed of me at the 99 cent store. So the big, there was a big thing where the TV crew was coming to do a special on Mother's Day gifts. So the, uh, the manager was like, we can't have you on camera here. Wait, did you work at the 99 yeah. cent store? Okay, so I didn't, I didn't catch that part. Yeah, I was yeah. like, why is he ashamed of, the, of, a, of a fucking a <laughs> patron just, of his fucking store? I'm just the guy who's just... <laughs> He's like, just, this guy can't be here. <laughs> so, he, he's buying entirely too many products for 99 cents. So, so, so I was, and then there's the news crew there that day, and then, they, and then the manager was like, we can't have him. He looks like, you know, he's just a delinquent, whatever. So they made me stand in the freezer. The whole time that, that the news crew's there. So I stood uh, in the freezer, but literally those fuckers know I was eating pudding the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made up for it with the pudding. Yeah. It would have been... I was, like, I, was like, I was like, I'm getting, dude, pay, I'm getting had, paid $7 an hour, but I'm eating $10 worth of pudding an hour. All I'm thinking about is Darby Allen back in the freezer eating pudding, and like, <laughs> and like maybe they forgot you were by there, and like they're filming the guy like walk by, and you're just sitting there going... How <laughs> much <laughs> 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 It was cold. <laughs> and then I remember the last day I was, one of the last days I was there, I was uh, with a forklift and I was lifting up the big old pallets of water and I was like putting them like, you know, but then I actually like stabbed into the, like the electricity box. So there's sparks going and then the water cracked open. There's water falling into the sparks. And I'm like, yeah, now's a good time to split. And my brother's working with how long, me. How, wait, how long did you last at this job? Long time, actually. Like how long? Well, no, it's it was, a long it was, time. It was fucking weird because the whole, I moved to Arizona. I never had a job. I, I try to get jobs at fucking Arby's. I try to get jobs at everywhere. No one would hire me. I was they like, had the meats. I'm like, what am I missing in life? I can't. I can't get. I can't get hired from Arby's. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'd go. I'd go to all these places, and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing wrong? And I was just like, you know, it was. It was just such a confusing state to yeah. be denied by Arby's. Because <laughs> like, I mean so, the burger Burger King, I get it because it's royalty. Yeah, but yes. like Arby's, Burger King, yeah. it's a fucking top, it's a fucking hat that looks like my fucking tequila hat, right? Yeah, man. But, the, <laughs> but that's, 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 that's it does look like it. But that's the, that's the thing, though, you know. And then I got this job at the 99 cent store, and I was like, I'm hanging on to this forever because yeah. like I, it was took forever to get a job. I'm like, you know, I was like, I ain't fucking this one up. So I would just like totally like like worked there and then by the time I knew in the brain that I was moving back to Seattle and I was like done with you know film school in Arizona 
to start training to be a wrestler. I remember I was just like, I started not getting careless or like, I just started being like, I, I'm not gonna bend over backwards. Because mm. you know, I would, you know, do a lot of like shit at the 90 cent store. And Can then, I ask a question of like, and then I ran, over, I ran over one of my friend's foot with the forklift on the one of the last days I was there, and he like broke his foot. And he was always is he still your friend? No, I haven't talked to him in years. Uh, <laughs> I the, wonder the, why. <laughs> that's another story. But uh, the thing is, like, I remember he was he was ashamed because the manager, like, would have thought we were joke, like, fucking off, and that's why he like broke. It. I ran over his foot and broke his foot with a forklift. Um, and I remember he was just sitting on the crapper, but he wasn't taking a shit. He was just sitting on the crapper, crying in the bathroom, like holding his foot. And then I was like, "Dude, like you got to come out here. The, the manager's looking for you." Cent store. I was like, "The manager's look. The manager's looking for you. You got to come." He's like, "It's it's broke." And then I was like, "Dude, like you have to tell. You have to tell the manager. Like she's gonna know that something's up when you can't stock the vegetables because you're <laughs> fucking limping around." So. So. Wait, so wait, wait, you were there long enough. Is there an employee discount at the 99 cent store? Fuck. Yeah, the f- five finger discount. <laughs> <laughs> in the freezer, <laughs> that's the discount. That's the that you put in the freezer. <laughs> in the pudding. Because I, I, I was 130 pounds and I knew I wanted to start wrestling, so I was like, I need to put on weight. And I didn't know anything about fucking like diet or working out at the time. Like someone's like, you know, you want to be a wrestler? Like, you go to the gym, so I go to the gym, 130 pounds, running on the fucking treadmill. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, fucking working out. Yeah. Like, no, you're turn, you're losing fucking weight, you idiot. So the thing is, like, I, uh, you know, I would just be like there. I'm like, oh, dude, like, because I had no money. I would mm-hmm. literally like, I would not eat. No, I heard I heard about part of the story on uh, the Talk Is Jericho, my buddy Chris, Chris's podcast. When you were on that, yep, yep. A, a little while back, uh, you were. Literally at a foreman grill in the locker at, at your uh, local uh, gym, right? No, that was all the years later. This is like four years later. Before the, it was even yeah. worse than that? Yeah, it was worse, way worse than that. Oh, shit, I, let's go I, back to that. I would like live off of, literally, like, there'd be nights where you get those frozen burritos or you get a carton of ice cream and you'd pick for dinner. And then I would like make the tough choice and then like, I'd feel like fucking ice cream well, tonight. Ice cream tonight? But, but the thing is... How I, often did you go burrito? How often did you go ice cream? Shit, man. Probably more times ice cream. Really? Yeah. I, I, I remember I remember it fondly because there was a Walmart. I, I would go to the film school, but my, my dumb ass tried to, like, beat the system of, like, getting a job because this is before the 99 cent store. So I would get – I would sign up for college, and I would have a class at 9 in the morning, but then I'd purposely have another class not until 5 in the afternoon because then I'd, like, tell my – like. You know, like, ah, like, I, I can't get a job right now. Like, I have school all day. But in reality, I had two fucking classes. They are so spread out. But I didn't have a car, so it went, I couldn't get, you know, on the Metro bus that fast enough. Okay. So, but then I ended up fucking myself over because then I would have to sit at the college all day sleeping on a couch until my next class. And I was just like, damn, I'm a dumbass. I got to get a fucking job next semester. So, but the thing is, I remember I was going to this class. Uh, I went to Walmart down the street and I bought the burrito and I was walking there and I was about to eat it. I was so good. And, the, and I look over and this homeless dude's taking a shit in the bush and his asshole's facing me. And I was like, yeah, I, I should have picked ice cream, man. <laughs> all I think about is that fucking bean shit. Was it like one of those like bomb burritos too? Like, cause, I mean, we, I, we struggled in a different way for a long time where you, have to, you go through trucks. No, stops. no, this was like, I forgot. It was like, it comes in like blue packaging. It was like 12 of them. Yeah, yeah, and it has it like kind of like a mystery it's like meat. Like chimichanga one, yeah. Yeah, mixed with a little bit of like mystery, some kind of. You said mystery meat? S- mystery meat mixed with some <laughs> beans. Like it's not, it's not like, it's not like it's real meat. It, it's not like it's even like 
now it's vegetarian. It's it's not even that. It's just like this weird Dude. slush wrapped. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know what it was, but <laughs> it was at a time it was good. You know? Oh fuck yeah! But yeah, so you know, I don't know, man. It, it's fun to look back on that and shit. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. Well, it's brought to you where you are, and you you've had an incredible career, and there's so much more. You're still so young in the fucking. And everything, and, and it's I feel, so cool. I feel, I feel awesome. My body feels awesome. I am so into recovery, like the DDPY and the, the you know, all the rehab, rehab that I like do on my body, and it's like you know, I feel like I feel. Beautiful. Dude, I gotta get into some of that. I see posting. I, I follow DDP and see all that stuff. I gotta get on that program. I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, it's fun. Lots yeah. of, you know what I mean. So. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's great. It's great to hear you taking care of yourself. Um, I think it's about time to play this trivia game. What do you think? Fuck yeah, dude. Let's get the weirdos out here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Well. For now, we're going to say goodbye, and uh, everyone check out this, uh, this episode. Go back and listen to the episode before so you have a little uh, backstory to some of, the, some of the stuff that we were already talking about. We're going to do a little trivia with, I think we even have weirder people this time. Dude, than yeah, it's time. way to, the antes are upped, not only in the challenge, not for the punishment, but just the people in general. Yeah, it's going to get a little bit fucking weird. So uh, everyone make sure you subscribe right here and check out any other playlists. We're going to call this one The Hangover. And uh, we're going to have some fun here. So uh, until next time, cheers. And that's almost going to do it for this episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks to Darby. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. Make sure you head over to the Drinks with Johnny YouTube channel where you can watch the trivia game we played and the penalties that ensued afterward. I promise you, you're not going to, you know, just take 20 minutes out of your time. Watch it. I mean, it was all Darby. It was all his crew. They had so much fun. We had so much fun making it. Make sure you guys head over there and subscribe. Turn on the notifications. All of those wonderful, wonderful things. I really appreciate you guys. It's been an absolute blast. Oh, Darby is going to be defending his title again. I mean, he's defended his title each and every week in such great fashion. I mean, honestly, if you guys haven't already seen it, go find it. I mean, last week he fought Jungle Boy. Hit him with a coffin drop on the apron. The week before, legendary Matt Hardy took a coffin drop off of the riser onto the onto the table. Uh, it was just, seriously, he has been defending in such great fashion. He's got another fight with 10 of the, uh, uh, what, what do they call that? The, uh, the, the, not the inner circle, that's Chris Jericho's thing. Uh, the Dark Order. <laughs> Dark Order. So you head over to, it, he's going to be fighting 10 from the Dark Order this Wednesday on TNT. Dynamite. Go check your local listings for that if you haven't already. He's just such a phenomenal person, as you guys already heard. And we had so much fun. Go check out the YouTube channel. I can't stress that enough. And then head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and you can find all of our merch, everything we got going on. Sign up for the newsletter. You get 20% off the entire store of your first order, whatever it is. You know the spiel. Everyone else does it. So uh, I'm doing it too. <laughs> but uh, again, thank you guys so much. I'm having so much fun with this. Uh, and I guess that's it. So until next time, cheers. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.